what I want to do, first of all, we're going to get to the centrality of Jesus, but uh, I've been sharing these with you. If you're new to Grace Church, these are things that we center on. Uh, we live under God's new covenant economy. We live connected to Him. We get our identity in Christ, not not what everybody else says. Uh, we put God on display and we make disciples. The first one, or uh, the one I want to talk about today, living connected to Him. Look at this. We abide. Here's what we mean by that. We abide in loving union with Christ through His indwelling life. Aaron talked about the life of Christ that's in us. Uh, Colossians 1.27 says, The mystery of the gospel is Christ in you, the hope of glory. And then John 15, Jesus says, Abide in me and I in you. Whoever does this bears much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. I did an in-depth Greek study on the word nothing. It means nothing. (laughs) So we are those that want to live connected to him. We want to abide in Jesus. Father, thank you for the good word of God this morning. Holy Spirit, we invite you. You're the teacher. Enlighten and illumine the scriptures, scriptures to us that we continue to grow up and look just like you. We ask it in Jesus' name, and everybody said, Amen. Amen. Well, we've been talking about the centrality of Jesus. He is the only foundation that should be laid, whether you're building a marriage, family, church, a city, a nation. Jesus Christ, the only foundation that should be laid. 1 Corinthians 3.11, Paul says, No one should lay any foundation other than what has already been laid, Jesus Christ. And so in centering everything on Christ, on making Him the foundation of all we are, all that we do, we looked at knowing His person, knowing His works. Those were two of the things we studied last year. And this year we've began with knowing His teaching and obeying Him. Everybody say, and obeying Him. Okay, it's one thing to know his teaching, say amen. It's another thing to obey what he says. So here's Matthew 7, verse 24. Therefore, Jesus said, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I'll liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. The rains came, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house. And it did not fall, for it was founded on the rock. It had a solid foundation. So once again, if you're new to Grace Church, our desire is not only that you're able to hear the voice of the Lord uh, through the Holy Spirit or the integrity of the Scriptures, but you're also able to walk out what He asks you to do. That you can hear Him and then obey His voice. So when we're talking about the teachings of Jesus, one of the main things He centered on, matter of fact, everything that He said, is this reality called truth. Truth in the Greek is the word aletheia. It means the real reality. Uh, it's the parent reality. In other words, we came from this realm of the Spirit. Jesus said He came to bear witness of the reality, he told Pilate, the reality of truth. And so even though it's unseen, you can see the effects of it. And so we've been looking at uh, how do we get acclimated to truth. Here's John eighteen thirty six and 37. Can I get a witness that, you know, a buzzword in our culture is disinformation. Well, there's a whole lot of disinformation, uh, not just on a worldly global scale, but, but if the body of Christ is not careful, we take, take in a lot of disinformation. So we need to be very well uh, acquainted with, familiar with, saturated with the truth. Here's John 18, 36. Jesus told Pilate, My kingdom is not of this world. If my kingdom were of this world, my servants would fight so that I wouldn't be delivered to the Jews. 
Everybody see that. But now my kingdom is not from here. It's not of earthly origin. I find it interesting that 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 and 4 talks about though we live in the world, the weapons of our warfare are not worldly. So he's alluding to that. I do have a kingdom. I am a king, but I don't fight like you all do. My kingdom is, is in the realm of the spirit. It's in the realm of truth, not in the, the seen realm. Verse 37, Pilate said to him, are you a king then? Jesus said, you say rightly that I am a king for this cause I was born. And look at this, for this cause I've come into the world that I should bear witness to the truth. Not a truth, the truth. There is no personal truth for you and me. There is the truth and we have to come to terms with it. Everyone who's of the truth hears me. Hears me. Very important. First John 5, 6 says that the Spirit is the truth. Let me show you this. John 8, 31. Jesus said to those who believed in Him, If you abide, live, remain in My Word. That is Logos. Okay? In the beginning was the Word. How many of you know that's not a book? That's Jesus. In the beginning was the Word. And the Word became flesh and dwelt among us. So, same word right here. If you abide in Me, in My Word, you are My disciples indeed. And look at this. You shall know the truth, and the truth shall make you free. Truth is not something you determine as a human being. Truth is something you discover with the help of the Holy Spirit. Who Jesus called in John 14, 15, and 16. All three chapters, Jesus called the Holy Spirit the Spirit of truth. He tells Pilate, I came to bear witness of this realm called truth. Where me and my people can access realities that you all can't see. But they are realities. They're very real. And as I said earlier, they're actually the parent reality. Everything you see in the natural realm came from the unseen realm. It is the parent reality. We came from the Spirit. We must abide in the Spirit. Fish came from water. So fish must abide in water. Plants came from the earth, the soil. Plants must abide in soil to have life. We came from the parent realm, the unseen realm of the Spirit. There's a part of you inside. All I can see of you is your earth suit. But there's a part of you, the real you, is inside. I cannot see uh, your spirit man, but it's very much there. That's the realm that Jesus rules, the unseen realm of the human heart and the spirit. I mentioned earlier, 1 John 5, 6 says, The spirit is the truth. Jesus told the woman at the well to worship God, that God is spirit. And those who worship him must do so in... Spirit and in truth. truth. John six sixty three. Jesus said, are you ready for this? My words are spirit and they are life. The word life there is zoe, not bios, not like your bio, lot, bio, biography life. Somebody write a book about your life. It's actually divine life as God possesses it. My words are spirit and they are life. And boy, there is power in that word, right? That seed is the word of God, and that's how you get life. That's how you get born again. You got born again by an incorruptible seed, sperma, the incorruptible, imperishable word of God. First Peter chapter one, verse twenty-two, twenty-three says that. You've been born again by an incorruptible seed, the Word of God. The, the words of Christ are spirit. You must be born again, John chapter 3, by the Spirit, and they are life. 
He lifed you. Jesus didn't come to make church people. He didn't come to make bad people good people. He came to make dead people alive people who would possess once again the life of the living God. You're alive in Christ. Amen. You're alive in Christ. Everybody say, I'm alive. So my words are spirit and life. The whole Christian life is identifying with the things of the Spirit. Jesus was conceived in Mary's womb by the Spirit. Jesus was empowered for ministry by the Spirit. Jesus cast out devils by the Spirit. He also did it with a word. That can be included there too. The church was birthed in Acts by the Spirit. We are born again by the Spirit and the incorruptible Word of God. We are changed from glory to glory according to Scripture by the Spirit. We're endued with power from on high by the Spirit. We bear fruit by the Spirit. We worship God in spirit and in truth. The Christian life is identification with this realm He came to bear witness of, Spirit and truth. So we have to be people of the truth, people in the Spirit. Galatians 5 says, If you've been made alive by the Spirit, let us walk by the Spirit. Galatians 3, having begun by the Spirit, do you really think you're going to be perfected by what you do? Amen. Can I say it again? That the whole Christian life is identifying with and walking in understanding of the Spirit. Jesus conceived in Mary's womb by the Spirit. Jesus empowered for ministry by the Spirit. He cast out devils by the Spirit. The church was birthed in Acts by the Spirit. Church, if we were birthed by the Spirit, let us live and and, uh, be the church by the Spirit. Not man-made hierarchies. Where the church is in the hands of everybody but Jesus. That's a, that's a disaster waiting to happen. Jesus is the head of the church, not a man, not a committee, and not a denomination. I'm not, not knocking denominations in that sense. How many, how many of you know God works mercifully with any of us? <laughs> no, we're all looking through a dimly lit glass. Are there too many denominations? Yes. Way too many. Too much division in the body of Christ. Uh, There are too many uh, churches and and people that elevate what they believe over whom they believe. Yes, there are too many of those. But at the same time, I'm telling you, God mercifully involves Himself in any church, anybody. I believe that. So we're born again by the Spirit. We're changed from glory to glory by the Spirit. We're endued with power from on high by the Spirit. We bear fruit by the Spirit. We worship God in spirit and truth. Why? Because God is Spirit. And Jesus Christ is the truth. And so Jesus taught spirit and he taught truth. So we want you to be able to walk in, live acclimated to, participate with the truth. Why? Because we love you. We want you to win. We want you to live a victorious life in Christ. Amen. We're not limping to the finish line here. We're not holing up in caves with Vienna sausages and shotguns, you know, afraid because the devil's taken over. We're more than conquerors through him who loves us. I mean, I'm watching Ukraine people in their living room worshiping God, singing hymns, praying. Just why? They're accessing a reality that may not be immediately physically visible to them, but it's still a reality. And it is the parent reality. 
So how do we do it? How do we, how do we help one another live in the reality of truth in a world and culture of misinformation? We do it with a renewed mind. Notice renewed mind is a noun. I, I shared that with you last week. Okay, a renewed mind is something the Lord has given you. Only God can make a brand new mind. That is the mind of Christ, 1 Corinthians 2.16. So when you got born again by the Spirit, in your spirit, man, you have the mind of Christ. You know more than you think you do. Way more than you think you do. So start aligning your natural mind with the mind of Christ. Submit your earthly mind, your natural man, to the Spirit and the mind of Christ in you. Number two, walk by faith, not by sight. So the opposite of walking by faith is when you walk by what you see and feel. Number three, redeem spiritual disciplines from a new covenant perspective. So we've landed on this for the last week or so. This is very important. Uh, spiritual disciplines in Scripture don't make God love you more. That's not why we do it. They don't make you holy all of a sudden. You're either holy in Christ or you're not holy at all. You're either righteous in Christ. You're as righteous as Jesus Christ or you have no righteousness. There is no in-between. You're either born of Adam or you're born of Christ. You're either in the Adam's family or you're in God's family. <laughs> oh, that was good. That's good. Why do we exercise spiritual disciplines? Why do we live a disciplined life? What is a disciple of Jesus? A disciplined student, follower of Jesus. We do these things to acclimate us to the real reality. We must be immersed in truth, saturated with the truth. We must know the truth. Jesus said, if you'll come to know the truth, you'll live above the fray. The world won't take your joy. The world won't take your peace. When you're washed in the truth and abiding in truth. That's why we love to encourage you in the way of spiritual disciplines. So he's asking us, recapture the value of some of them. Here, here are some of them. Fasting, cut off what you've been feeding on. You think this is just food? You're mistaken. Cut off fasting means cut off what's been sourcing you in the world and be sourced by the Spirit and the truth. That's what fasting means. Amen. Now, if he tells you, stop eating muffins or pizza or, you know, do what he says. He's Lord. Amen. He's president. So do what he says do. But understand properly from a new covenant perspective, fasting is not creating love and favor inside of God. The favor that you have is because of the Savior, not your behavior. I made a rhyme. (laughs) The favor is because of the Savior. Not your behavior. And the Savior lives in you. All right. You see, that's an insult to Jesus when you're going around in your flesh trying to get God to give you favor and like you when the favored one is in you. (laughs) That's like that prayer, oh God, please be with me. And he's like, dude, I'm inside you. You're born again. (laughs) The mystery of the gospel you say you know is Christ in you, the hope of glory. You keep begging me to come down and be with you. He can't get closer than in. How many of you know with is good, in is better? The disciples knew Jesus way more after he left. They spent three years with him, walking beside him, and really didn't have a clue until he was crucified, rose from the dead, and then ascended to heaven and sent the same Spirit. 
And when he came in them, oh, well, the light came on. With his good, in his better. Prayer as listening, prayer in the spirit, prayer as receiving, sitting in the presence of the Lord, sitting in scripture with the author. Man, I could just so, I could just so unpack a bunch of these. Um, Receiving is the first law of life. Why do we practice prayer as receiving instead of gimme, gimme, gimme? My middle name is Jimmy. Why, why is prayer not just telling God everything you, you think He ought to be doing? Because He already knows what you have need of before you ask Him. Jesus said that. So don't waste all your time telling God what you think you need. Here's another one for you. He knows better than you what you have need of. So you should use prayer to align yourself with what He wants. Use prayer to exchange those desires for His desires. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the desires of your heart. Psalm 37. I like to say it this way. Delight yourself in the Lord and He'll give you the right desires. Can I get a witness? Your desires look way different when you're delighting yourself in Jesus than when you're just living by desires. Delight yourself in Him. And he'll give you the right desires. Receiving is important because receptivity is the first law of life. How many of you want to bear fruit? Right? John 15. Receiving precedes producing. When a baby is born, the first thing any of us did when we entered the natural realm was exhale or inhale. It's not a trick question. Inhale. They probably slapped your bottom too to get you to go... And start crying. Why? Because there's a law at work in humans. You can only give out to the capacity you first received. So you have to receive the life of Christ. Receive His love. Let Him love you into loving. Let Him forgive you into forgiving. That's the whole of the new covenant. Is He leads you by what He's supplying you, not by what He's demanding. Your relationship with God is not a demand anymore. He's in you. He's supplying you. He's the vine, man. You're not working for anything. You're working from everything. Amen. Love you into loving. Forgive you into forgiving. So you have to receive before you can produce. A plant, before, it's ever, before it ever flowers, that seed has to go into the ground. It goes into the soil. Receives the nutrients of the soil. Receives sunlight. Receives water. And then what? Then it produces. And so in the Christian life, when we make prayer all about, you know, us and producing and self-centeredness or our requests or whatever, we lose sight of the fact that prayer is really a time for us to be receiving and participating with the vine of Christ who's with us. Sitting in His presence, sitting in Scripture with the author, meditation, that's the one we're unpacking now, public worship. It was a discipline for you to come this morning. It really was. Be disciplined in your, in your choosing, but then choose private worship too. Don't let today be the only time you're worshiping Jesus. One anothering, intentional investment in others, and then helping people get attached to the vine. When we disciple others, we're talking about intentionally investing in each other, intentionally investing in others for the purpose of them getting connected to Jesus. We never disciple people to ourselves. We we could be gone tomorrow. We want them to know Him. So that's what we mean by discipling. We're just intentionally investing in others. We want a culture in this house. We want a mindset of intentional investment that we care about people's walk with Christ. And not just people here, but people outside of here. Amen. 
Amen. So, uh, spiritual disciplines, I mentioned this. It's not what we do to get God to love us or make us holy. They help us be taught of the Lord and taught of truth rather than what the world and circumstances are dishing out all the time. There's a lot coming at us. Amen. There's a lot of distractions. Um, so I think I put this one on the screen. Let me, let me put it up there for you. Mm, nope, that's not it. <laughs> okay, well, maybe I didn't put it up there. Spiritual disciplines are weapons. Everybody say weapons. Spiritual disciplines are weapons that allow you to participate with realities that are not directly present or visible to you in the natural realm. So when you're watching families in the Ukraine singing hymns and loving on God while bombs are going off, what are they doing? They're accessing realities that are not immediately present to them in the natural. This is what happened in the Roman Colosseum. They're lighting people on fire and they're singing praise to God. How are they doing that? They're accessing what Jesus told Pilate he came to bear witness to and give evidence to that God is real. You may not be able to see him, but I promise you, you'll see him manifesting in my people when they're accessing him. Woo! Come on, Holy Ghost. This word shall not be stolen from us. Let it get deep within our heart. So just like Jesus was able to access realities that weren't immediately present to him on the cross, he said, Father, forgive them. They know not what they do. Then Stephen did it in the book of Acts. The martyrs have done it. I love the, the book of Acts. Now that Christ is inside, they're turning the world upside down. I think it's Acts 5 that Peter and John, they were publicly flogged and humiliated. And Scripture says they went away rejoicing. They were singing, having been beaten, publicly flogged. And here's what they said. The reason they were rejoicing Uh, having been counted worthy to suffer shame for Jesus Christ. Accessing realities that were not immediately present. What reality is it? Spirit and truth. And guys, if we're not living in spirit and truth, we're a fish out of water. We are made for that realm. Can I get a witness on that? Let me give you some examples. It may not look or feel like God is for you sometimes in the natural. Maybe your child went to their teenage friends and and slandered you. (laughs) I got bad parents or whatever. It may not feel like God is for you when you lost your job. But Romans 8.31 says, If God be for us, who can be against us? So what do I do when that's going on? I got to access truth, guys. I got to access spirit. You may look and feel sick sometimes, but God's Word says He sent His Word and healed you. God's Word says in Jeremiah, Heal me, O Lord, and I shall be healed. Whose report are you going to believe? Who's your vine? Who are you going to tap into? I'm tired of the church being beat up by the natural realm. We were supposed to be born of the Spirit, abiding in the Spirit, and living and walking with the Spirit. That's the realm. That's who we are. Amen. That's not just what we do. That's who we are. We're born of that realm. Now we got trained by the natural. So now that's a good part about discipling is we're getting retrained to live by the spirit. And it's good to have good people around you to encourage you. Amen. Amen. That'll say, uh, Stacy, get out of that stinking thinking. 
You know, you're dwelling on the natural. Kyle, pick yourself up. Brother, you're not a victim. You're a victor. It's good to have people that love you. And I'll speak the truth to you. It may look and feel like you're alone, but Jesus said, I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. It may look and feel like your bank account is low, but what's the truth? My God shall supply all of my needs according to His riches in glory. You may be feeling fearful, but 2 Timothy 1.7 says, God hasn't given you a spirit of fear. Fear is a spirit, so rebuke that thing. He's given you power and love and soundness of mind. Does this make sense to you? We've got weapons, guys. They're just not carnal. They're just not natural weapons. They're spiritual weapons. They're truthful weapons that are greater realities than what you're experiencing in this nasty natural world. John 16, 33, Jesus said, In the natural world you'll have trial and tribulation. Be of good cheer. I've overcome the natural world for you. He didn't say rejoice and be of good cheer because you'll never have problems. He said, if you're in the natural world, problems are going to try to touch you. But be of good cheer. I've overcome the natural world by giving you access to the Spirit. I'm the door by which every man must enter. What do doors do? They give you access to something. Jesus came to give you access back to the Father, back to truth, back to Spirit. And so much so, He put the Spirit of truth in you to guide you into all truth. He's teaching you, guiding you, immersing you with truth if you'll participate with Him. Amen. Amen. Come on, Holy Ghost. Amen. There's a lot of ways that we can help you here at Grace Church. This morning I'm going to talk a little bit about a learning circle. We use it as a tool in discipling. There's also Truth Trainer. I mentioned that. Put it on the screen. How about the True You book? We finally got a bunch more in. They're, they're out on the bookshelf out there. Page 3 and 4 are acceptable daily meditations of the True You book. And then the Declaration Tool. So there's lots of ways we can help you. So here's how a learning circle works. First is observation. What are you observing about yourself? Maybe about your friend that you're walking in close relationship with? Well, they're feeling afraid. Okay, well, let's dig deeper. Everybody say dig deeper. So reflection, that's step two. Uh, what is the feeling rooted in? You're feeling afraid, but are you believing a lie? And for our example, maybe they're going to say, okay, well, I just feel like God's not really with me. Okay, so you're getting to the root of the fear. Don't just run in and cast out fear. Find out what it's rooted in. And cut that thing off at the root. Come on, amen. amen. All right, so it's rooted in a lie. I feel like God isn't, isn't with me. All right, now number three, let's wash it with the Word. What's the Word say? He'll never leave you or forsake you. I'm with you always, even till the end of the age. Galatians 2.20 says Christ lives inside you. Can't get closer than that. John 14, Jesus said, when the Holy Spirit comes, He'll abide with you forever. That's a long time. He didn't say, I'll abide with you until you don't feel like I'm there and then I'm not. Feelings don't discern truth. Truth is truth. Amen. And then, number four, after you wash it with a word, let's get a plan. Why is a plan important? Because when the feeling comes back or the enemy attacks you again, you've already got truth laid out in front of you. You've got four or five scriptures right here that are spirit and truth that subdue the lie. So you got a plan. That's number four. And then number five, accountability. Make sure you're sharing with someone. Hey, I might go to Brother Josh and say, Brother Josh, I'm, 
I want you to know, I need to confide in you, I'm struggling with feeling like sometimes God's not with me. But he's washed me in these scriptures. Would you just help hold me accountable? And then he can shoot me a text. Hey, how are you doing today? Are you living in truth? Are you living the reality uh, that God is with you? Or are you struggling? So it's good to have accountability. That's number five. And then number six is action. In other words, when the enemy comes in like a flood, you and the Spirit of the Lord raise up a standard against him. And apply the truth. Apply what is really true. Apply the real reality. So there you go. That's a learning circle. All it is is repenting of the lie and believing the good news. Repent of the lie and believe the truth. Basically the true you book. Okay? It's powerful. Uh, so lots of ways that we can help you. We've been talking about meditation as a spiritual discipline. I want to talk about that. Uh, to think over and over again. I'm probably not going to cover all of these, but I am covering some of them. Here's biblical meditation. To think upon over and over again, to ponder, to image. Man, some of you, you image the worst case scenarios. You just visualize defeat over and over again. Stop that. (laughs) Put on the mind of Christ. It means to reflect upon, to study, to consider deeply and to speak. I asked you this last week. It was a lot of fun. How many of you ever stayed up all night pondering worst case scenarios? Yeah, then you know how to meditate. You're meditating. So trade in all that death, right, Brian? Trade in the death of all night thinking and imaging worst case scenarios or imaging revenge, plotting wrath and anger against somebody. Man, get rid of all that stuff. Amen. The wrath of man does not work the righteousness of God. What does that mean? It means James' wrath is not going to work God's perfect will in somebody's life. Him just blowing a gasket on somebody. See, Brian, he's so upset he left. (laughs) I'm sorry, Brian. I'm sorry, buddy. I'm just kidding. (laughs) Oh, my goodness. That was terrible. You... You guys pray for me. (laughs) Um, So if we know how to ponder and think about scenarios over and over again, then we know how to meditate. So we got to trade it. Meditate instead on God, His Word, His truth, His presence, His Son, His Spirit, His life. You know, New Age, the New Age movement says that meditation is the disengaging of the mind. That's not what we're doing. We are engaging the mind with truth. We are engaging our mind with what our mind was created to be engaged with, truth. It's like a fish is created to engage with water. That's what we're doing when we engage with spirit and with truth. Does that that make sense to you? We're not trying to disengage the mind so we can become one with the universe, the cosmos. What, what, What is that? You're already one with the creator of the universe. You're one with him, the one who made it all. Don't trade that in for some kind of psychobabble business. We're engaging the mind. Everybody say, I'm engaging my mind with the truth. Now, this is important. Your, Your mind is the gateway to your heart. And according to Matthew 13, the heart is soil. Jesus said the heart is soil. So I wish your heart could only grow good seed, but it can grow death in there. Hebrews 12:15 talks about a root of bitterness 
by which many have become defiled, not blessed, corrupted. How? By bitterness. Why? Because you're not made for bitterness. You're made for love and joy and peace and forgiveness. Well, let me tell you something. If you know somebody who's got a root of bitterness growing in their heart, you have to understand this. That root began with a seed. The mind is the gateway to the heart. What you let pass through your mind will nestle into the soil of your heart. And guys, you and the Holy Spirit need to be partnering together that, hey, we're not letting those things pass through here. And it's okay. You can say, I would be justified in the world's eyes to really hate that person and get revenge on them. But we are not like the world. That's why the Lord wanted us to spend the first or the last half of last year on building His culture in the church. The culture of the body of Christ should look different than the world. You can get all kinds of unforgiveness, power plays, manipulation, and tragedy from the world. You shouldn't see that in the body of Christ. Amen. Meditate. Write this down. Comes from the word middle. You've heard of the Mediterranean Sea, right? So how interesting is it that when we're talking about the centrality of Jesus, that the word meditate means middle. What are we saying? We're saying we're centering all that we are as individuals, families, our marriages, our church on knowing Christ Jesus, His teaching. Meditation is to center you in Him. Amen. His words, His thoughts. Look at Psalm 19.14. Let the words of my mouth and the meditation of my heart be acceptable in your sight, O Lord, my strength and my Redeemer. So there's a direct connection between the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart. Jesus said in Matthew 12.34, what's in your heart in abundance is going to come out of your mouth. I about flipped a lid in the 90s when all I ever heard about was, don't say that's a bad confession. If people are speaking death, it's in their heart. Fix the heart. What are they meditating on? It's not about changing your speech. Who cares? Change your heart. Jesus came to invest in the inside of a human being, to clean the inside of the cup. Then the naturally come, the, then naturally the outside becomes clean. Yeah. There's a direct connection between the words of your mouth and the meditation of your heart. Listen to Matthew 12. This is powerful. Verse 34. The mouth speaks, Jesus said, what the heart is full of. Now, he doesn't lie. He deals in truth. The heart speaks, or sorry, the mouth speaks what the heart is full of. You ready for verse 35? A good man brings forth good out of the good that's stored up inside him. We'll say it again. A good man brings good out of the good that's stored up in him. Meditation is important to help you store truth in yourself. The truth is already in you, but you're meditating. You're spending time pondering what's true about you. What's true about God as revealed through Jesus Christ. And are you ready? What's true about your spouse? How much time do we spend meditating all that's good about us and then our spouse, all we do is rehearse and disperse all that's terrible about them? Amen. Don't shout me down there. (laughs) We'll nurse it, rehearse it, and disperse it. If you want to nurse something, rehearse something, and disperse something, let it be truth. And not just true about you, it's true about your spouse. It's true about the person on the same row with you today. 
I'm going to say it again. When he looks in this room, he doesn't see a bunch of Christs. He sees one Christ. All of us belong to each other. We're part of the same person. Different expressions and different personalities. Amen. And that's good. That's good. That'll keep you out of your flesh. And cause you to walk by the Spirit towards one another. Where you ought to be walking. Deuteronomy 30 verse 19. You guys know that one? God said, I've put what? Life and death in front of you. And then he gave you the answer. (laughs) Which hand is it in? Choose life, people. There's facts and there's truth in front of you. Choose truth. The fact may be you got a terrible report from the doctor, but the truth is by his stripes I am healed. The truth is if God be for me, who can be against me? The truth is many are the afflictions of the righteous, but God delivers us out of them all. The truth is though the enemy comes in like a flood, the Spirit of the Lord will raise up a standard against him. Meditation is huge. This is so important. Be acclimated, aware of on a regular basis. I pray that each, the amount of time you're spending each day acclimated to truth is increasing. Where you're just mind, your mind is set on truth. Don Wheeler said, uh, I don't know if you saw Matt Bacon's live stream on Wednesday night, but Don commented on there, our self-talk is a key to victory. Hear his word, agree with his word, and then say the same as he's saying, no matter how good it is. (laughs) I said it this way in the true you. Dare to believe all that God says about you, no matter how good it is. Dare to believe it. Dare to receive it and understand, hey, he, he knows more about me than I do. And he sure knows more about the new creation, Steve, than Steve does. I need to agree with him and humble myself and agree with what he says about me. He says, I'm forgiven. He says, I'm accepted in the beloved. He says, all authority has been given unto me. I can go into the world and I can disciple others. All authority is in Christ and he's in me. Amen. So we dare to believe what he says. As you meditate, truth becomes the lens you look through. This is what we want to begin to happen with you as you're transformed by truth and being acclimated by truth. When things happen in the natural world, your lens is different. You don't respond like everybody else does. Amen. You respond with, hey, the world didn't give me peace. The world can't take it away. Look at some more acceptable meditations. I love this one. This is uh, Philippians. Well, I've I got a couple. No, I'll come back to that. Philippians 4, 8. This is message. Summing it all up, friends, I'd say you'll do best by filling your minds and meditating on things that are what? True. What realm are we made for? Truth. Noble, reputable, authentic, compelling, gracious. Think on the best, not the worst. The beautiful, not the ugly. Things to praise, not things to curse. Put into practice what you learned from me. Spiritual disciplines. What you heard and saw and realized. Do that. And look at this. God, who makes everything work together, will work you into his most excellent harmonies. In other words, the God of peace will be with you no matter what you face. Isn't that powerful? Look at Isaiah 26, 3. You will keep him in perfect peace whose mind is stayed on you because he trusts you. Look at Romans 8, 6 down at the bottom. Carnally minded is death, but to be spiritually minded is life and peace. If we were dealing with a room full of fish, I would tell the fish to be, to be beach minded is death, but, but to be water minded is life and peace. <laughs> 
But because you're human beings and you came from the Spirit and the breath of God who is unseen and Spirit Himself, then I tell you to be worldly-minded is death to you. You can't abide and derive life from death, okay? But to be spiritually-minded is life and peace to you. You can't change it about yourself. This is a law. This is truth. This is at work in your members every day. Amen. Humble yourself. Faith and peace are the result of us meditating on truth. Fear, worry, and anxiety are the result of us meditating on death. Fear, worry, and anxiety. Where are they coming from? When we think on the wrong things. Meditate on truth about yourself and then about your spouse and your kids and your boss, the boss that you don't like. Meditate on what's praiseworthy about him. Surely there's something. <laughs> Touch your neighbor and say, surely there's something. If you meditate on the failures of others, you'll be a victim. And that's welcome to America. We got the victim Olympics going on. Who's the most victimized group in the country? <laughs> So Matt Bacon shared his testimony Wednesday night. Listen to what he said. Because that's where Matt was. Matt's main meditation was on the failures of others. Not only, not only himself, that was a big part of it, his dad, other people. If you watched his testimony, this all came out. But here's what the Lord spoke to him. Listen to this. Listen carefully. Matt, don't let where other people are not in their walk affect where you are in yours. Don't let where everybody else is not affect where you are. The greater one lives in you. Greater is he that's within you than anything or anyone that's outside of you. Your vine is not other people's behavior. I'm sorry if you were hurt. I'm sorry if you got damaged. And I mean that from the bottom of my heart. But you are not a victim. You're a victor in the Lord Jesus Christ. We've all been through stuff. And no, maybe not as horrible as what some of you have walked through. But we've all been there as far as trying to be sourced by something other than Him. And I'm going to tell you this because I love you. You are too great of creation to be satisfied by anything but God. You cannot be satisfied by revenge. You cannot be satisfied by ill will. First half of the word ill is sick. It's just going to make you sick if you stay in it. You can't be satisfied by rage. You can only be satisfied by the spirit of the living God. Amen, Amen somebody? Amen. Man, I'm running out of time. but uh, And we're going to do I Speak Jesus this morning. So I love that one. Start training your kids and your grandkids in meditation. Don't, don't default to some Eastern mysticism. Med- meditation is absolutely biblical. Let's redeem this for the Lord's purposes. Now here's what I mean. Oftentimes as parents, we send them to bed. We say, don't forget, Johnny, brush your teeth and say your prayers. Johnny's prayers are more than likely need-based prayer. Whatever he can think of, you know, I hope help Sally and help me make an A on my test, whatever. How about this? Start sewing into your kids. Don't forget to brush your teeth 
and take a moment to meditate on truth. Take a moment to meditate on what is true, what is noble, what is pure about you, about God, and about your family, about your friends, whatever it may be. Does that make sense to you? Genesis 18, God said of Abraham, is there anything I won't tell Abraham? You know what the criteria was? He said, because I know that whatever I tell Abraham, he tells his kids and the kids after that. You, you want some fresh revelation from the Spirit of the living God? Work out an agreement with the Lord that what he tells you, you'll tell your kids and your grandkids. Here's Proverbs chapter 4. Verse 20 through 23, and I'll end with this one. Scott, you guys go ahead and come up. We need to do this. I speak Jesus. <laughs> Part of meditation is speaking. You know, when we were praying against what's going on in the world, praying against cancer and all that, we were speaking the name of Jesus. We're declaring. Proverbs 4.20, My child, pay attention to what I say. Listen carefully to my words. Don't lose sight of them. Look at this. Let them penetrate deep into your heart. The mind is the gateway to your heart. Your heart is soil. Let His words, let truth, let spirit be what penetrates deep into the soil of your heart. Amen. There's a reason he talked about some of you got rocky soil. Some of you got stony soil. Some of it's not even getting in there. It's falling by the wayside. He's interested in what's growing in your heart. Meditation is a spiritual discipline that will empower you and help you begin to access realities even when they're not immediately present to you or visible to you in the natural realm. Boy, we can walk in spirit. We can walk in truth. Verse 22, let them penetrate deep in your heart. Look at this, for they bring life to those who find them. Healing to your whole body. God's word, God's voice aren't just information. They carry healing. They carry faith. God's word carries faith with it. Faith comes by hearing and hearing by the relational rhema word of God. Amen. So if a fish is laying on the beach... And we pick him up, we toss him back in there, it's going to be life to that fish's body. That's, that's the dimension we're created to live in. I love that. That's incredible. Life to those who find him, healing to our whole body. And then look at this. Guard your heart above all else, for it determines the course of your life. You and the Holy Spirit partner every day for, for, for truth and for spirit. One last thing, Dwayne Sheriff, my pastor, said the reason so many believers hear the word but don't do it is because they don't take time to meditate on what is true. They don't let God's word and truth, his voice, get down deep in their heart. Amen. I I think he's right in that. I think he's accurate in that. But that's not going to be us. Let's be part of the revolution that we're going to be hearers, yes, but we're going to meditate on it and then we're going to be doers and manifestors of the word. Stand with me. Come on, let's give God praise this morning. Lord, I bless you. I love you. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Before we sing, I want to ask if you're here and you've never accepted Jesus Christ, your Lord and Savior, you've never been born of the Spirit, like we talked about, and you'd say, Brother Steve, that's me. I want to know Christ and I want to know Him inside. If that's you, just slip your hand up and say, pray for me. Anyone.
Father, I thank you for the gathered church as we sing this morning, Lord, that this word of truth, Lord, will rest and grow and you'll give increase to it in our hearts. In Jesus' name. I just want to speak the name of Jesus. You've been listening to Grace Church, advancing God's kingdom, one heart at a time. For more, visit us online at gracechurch.community.